and welcome to the Bible Bitches podcast, where we talk about biblical and religious topics from a feminist comedic perspective. And this is our first episode of season three. We're so excited to be back. And I am here with the one Sarah Hoff, an awesome agnostic living in L.A., California. I'm so glad to be back, you guys. I have missed this so much. Me too. It's, it's like my favorite part of the year. <laughs> um, I am talking to Laura Barclay, a Baptist minister located in Louisville, Kentucky. Hey. And today we're talking about Star Wars. <laughs> Laura is currently rocking back and forth in her chair. Because she's so excited. And I am um, a little bit worried about her. Are you on the verge of having some kind of episode? Yes. Yes. All episodes. Episode one, one perhaps. Two, no. <laughs> Less episode one. <laughs> I'm going to try. Let's, let's try to stay away from midi-chlorians. <laughs> um, I am still writing the high of yesterday, Sarah. So uh, Sarah and I went to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. And, oh, wow. It was It was journey. wild. It was wild. Um, uh, I'm going to set the scene, Sarah. Okay. We get there really early. First thing, there's crazy, crazy pants line. And you have to, if you want to ride the new brand spanking new Rise of the Resistance, ride at Disneyland. Uh, you have to join a boarding group. We got put into a backup boarding group that may not have been called. May I clarify? Yes, please. Okay, so we left. We First of all, in order to get down there early, we went down there and stayed at a hotel. To Anaheim, because Anaheim is outside of LA. Yeah, it's like, it's a long drive. Um, but uh, we we stayed at a hotel the night before so we could get there, like, first thing in the morning. We get on the shuttle at 7.45. We're there by, like, 8. And there is already, like, a crazy line. And you can't, you can't like, sign up for anything. Like, you can't get in a boarding group until you've already um, had your pass scanned. So, like, we got through – like, we were there on time. We got through the, all the lines. And we get in there. And we're already on, like, a standby – like – on like a f like 15 p 50 groups back standby yes <laughs> and i'm seething with anger at myself because i'm like oh my gosh i didn't realize this would be such a uh, like people stampede into the park and we've had we had all the apps downloaded we did everything right and it was i was <laughs> i may have had my hair in leia buns i may have had on a resistance skirt i may have had on a star wars shirt <laughs> yeah <laughs> May was, have. I may have. I may have been in my own little nerd world. Um, it was, it was, it was like watching like a toddler experience, I don't know, Disneyland for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that your perception of that is 100% accurate. It was really adorable and I loved it. Aww. <laughs> Um, and then I squeed all through when so Galaxy's Edge is in the back of the park, and I totally just squeed all through it. Like I, there were droids, there were stormtroopers walking around, calling everyone citizen and inspecting them. Um, so it was a little fascist, <laughs> but it was making but in a fun, fun way. But in it, a fun way, and making yeah, they were clearly bubbling and making fun of fascism the whole time, which you know in 2020 in America is pretty relevant. Yeah. I feel like. Uh, <laughs> So we get into Smuggler's Run, which is you're on the Millennium Falcon. 
we're gunners. We had to push all these buttons and on this mission and shoot things. And it's like an interactive video game. So fun. I think that one was actually my favorite. It was pretty fun. I know that the other one, you know. Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance. Rise of the Resistance is supposed to be like the awesome one. And it was. It was. It was like an immersive experience with a ride as well. It was very fun. But uh, I don't know. I just liked the... Yeah. I liked the first one. Ain't no shade. You you like what you like. And they were both fantastic rides. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like another favorite was we got into... <laughs> There is a there is a bar there um, called Olga's Cantina, and it is you know think space bar. Um, and the only reservations we could get were at ten twenty in the morning, and there's a two drink limit, but they're very strong drinks. So we started off the day right uh, with I had an outer rim. Laura's Laura's playing this like we wouldn't have already started drinking <laughs> yes. at ten thirty in the true. morning. <laughs> it's true, and we got a seat right by the deed the the like the android DJ, DJ yeah. who was spinning some dope beats. It was, it was, some that was actually maybe one jam. of, that was a great part. Cause he had his little like uh, droid hand, just like waving the whole time. Like he was really into it. It was good fun. It was good. And he was talking to everyone. Uh, and then ultimately way later on in the day, we did get into a boarding group for rise of the resistance uh, much sooner than we thought, like like about eight. We didn't even stay like all the time, which was great. Like we were able to make it. Yeah. And it was about a twenty minute experience where you move from set to set. You're bored. You're you basically get detained, captured, and detained by the uh, by the first order and interrogated, and you get to escape. So so again. It's like 2020. <laughs> what what are those Trust America? Um, what are those big like robotic walking? The ATATs. The ATATs. I think that was my favorite part of the ride is that we you at like one point you go into a like room that just has a whole bunch of these ATATs and um you get to go like under a few of them and it's real cool. You're basically on board a star destroyer for mm-hmm. much of the experience. And I just can't say enough about how much, if you've ever wanted to be in a Star Wars film, if you were a Star Wars fan, oh my gosh. Um, so some hot tips before we get into it. If, you, um, if you're excited about experiencing this, I'd say um, get reservations as soon, like if as soon as you know you're going to go, find a reservation for Olga's Cantina way in advance um, so you can get into it um, and then know that you need to get to the park before 8 a.m. in order to like be one of the first ones in line so you can get in and ensure that you get into a boarding group. Uh, download the Disneyland app or Disney World app, depending on which one you're going to, to make sure you get And in. I would say we didn't do this because we got the park hopper. So we just went over to California Adventure in the afternoon to like rest and have drinks and appetizers. But if you just get the one park, I hear that going to Trader Sam's in one of the hotels is a really cool like bar, like tiki bar with food and like it's a nice reprieve and it's real fun. So like... It's a good place to relax if you want to, like, go out of the park, come back. Yeah. We you made know? sure we had, like, a nice uh, a nice sort of restful restful experience that you can have at a crowded park. We took a lot of breaks, which <laughs> made it way more enjoyable. We didn't push ourselves too much. It's true. You know, Disneyland in your 30s is a different experience than Disneyland in your childhood or teens. Like, you got you to gotta chill and have fun. Yeah. Also, I walked nine miles. And is that how far we walked? Yeah. 
And I wore just a pair of like cheap flats from Target, and I do not recommend. Also, on Converse's, also do not recommend. Wait, you know what? You you get yourself some comfy walking shoes, yeah. and it does not matter how you look. You just do your thing. Yeah, you nobody have... nobody's like bringing their best style no. to Disneyland. You live your best life. Like, would I walk around? And you know what? I would actually walk around how I walked around yesterday in Leia buns. Yeah, sure. Why not? You know what? I think it would be a good place for those like skate shoes, the roller, <gasps> the roller shoes. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, because they'd be space like it in the future. So yes. Anyway, my uh, this is right down my alley because today we're going to be talking about the convergence of Star Wars and religion. Um, you know, the Jedi and the Sith. Um, so this is basically like the nerd explosion episode for me. I'm very, very excited. And you know what? I'm I'm really excited that you're excited. I thank you. I am. Yes. I, I know like, I know you're not like super into it like it, Star Wars, but I appreciate that you can appreciate it. It feeds my it. soul that you are happy. Okay. That's so sweet. <laughs> I'm a I'm your soul satisfaction succubus. <laughs> oh, it's like a reverse succubus. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Thank nice. You. you should make business cards. As Sarah Hoff, reverse succubus. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Agreed. Um, I'm also suffering a little bit from uh, withdrawal from Baby Yoda post Mandalorian. I'm sure everyone else is too. Um, and women cannot live off memes alone. Um, I don't know. Are you? Did you get sucked into the Baby Yoda thing? I know you haven't yet seen the Mandalorian, but I've sent you roughly 20 Baby Yoda memes. Are you? I mean, yes, and yeah. also I'm on Reddit. Yes, so so you're just inundated. <laughs> all the all the Yoda memes. Yes, memes. Uh, my dog Dobby has these big ears and eyes uh, that like she just looks so much like I just like you know wrap her up and you know just keep taking pictures of her so she hates me. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> so I'm all into it. I'm gonna pull it together. Uh, we're gonna go over a couple of themes in this. First up are the like. Um, this the big theme, right, of Anakin's redemption arc. Okay, so we've got the Jedi, the light Jedi versus the dark Sith. Okay, um, so we've got multiple multiple things in here. We've got a redemption arc, Jedi light versus Sith dark, and also like a little bit of chosen family in here. Okay, so we've got some big, big themes that I think Star Wars covers pretty well um so sarah kick us off kick us off okay first is anakin and darth vader and if you haven't seen episodes one through six first of all what are you doing i thought we didn't like episode one yeah but like okay if you see the original trilogy and you like it and then you see uh like seven through nine and you like it too you might as well go back i mean it, because yeah, they're they don't hold up to the rest of it, but also, uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of nice to get a backstory. It's nice to see Anakin like pre, Darth. Lara's favorite character is Jar Jar Binks. Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, go ahead and go do that. I'm about to drop some decades old spoilers. So we all know that the Star Wars saga is primarily a story of the Skywalker family, and specifically Anakin Skywalker, the prophesied chosen one, a child born of the Force, or less glamorously, put by Qui-Gon Jinn in chapter... Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. Qui-Gon Jinn. 
Close enough. Qui-Gon-Jin. Qui-Gon-Jin. Am I close? Yeah. Um, or less glamorously, by put by Qui-Gon-Jin <laughs> in episode one, Mitochloridians. Midi-chlorians. Midi-chlorians. I love doing... I'm, I love that you're not into Star Wars. That makes this so much more fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm choosing to retcon? What is retcon? Retcon is when you go back and you change the history of it. Like you're retroactively changing it. That is some nerd alert shit if I've ever heard Dude, it. Dude, just keep throwing up the nerd alerts. <laughs> okay. You're you are you are retcon you're retconning <laughs> all of this because no one likes midichlorians. Why don't we like midichlorians? Because it's putting like super science behind the force. And the for the whole deal with the force is that it was mystical in the first like the original trilogy. It was so mystical. Like the force. What is the force? And then he's like, Oh, let me explain all of that. <laughs> and then it's like mm. <laughs> Yeah. Don't want you to. <laughs> Is that why creationists are like evolutionists? Yeah, because <laughs> they just go back and explain everything. Yeah. Love it. Anyway. Okay, so popcorn definitely fell out of teenage Laura's mouth during the midichlorian scene in episode one, where like Qui-Gon Jinn is just explaining it all. Um, I was on a date. So that was that was really sexy. I'm just like, popcorn. <laughs> I mean, I feel like as long as the dude got to like feel you up over the shirt he <laughs> he's like i'm just gonna just make my way through all that popcorn <laughs> yeah. um it's a little wet but i'll make it's do it's fine it's fine uh so anakin a former slave uh is tr- taken to be trained under protest because many jedi think that he's too old and moody at age 10 to be trained to be a jedi um i was you know pretty hella moody at age 10 so that's fair so um they, I think the Jedi would, <laughs> this is the problem with the Jedi. They'd honestly rather have a baby to kind of brainwash to be a youngling, which is pretty jacked up. And I don't like what that says about free will. Um, so they, they basically take force sensitive kids. The parents give them up um, and then they train them as, as younglings. Uh, and I'm just like, ooh. So like. Uh, I feel good about it. So like convents as orphanages. Yeah. That kind and of then deal. they go on to be priests or nuns. Yeah. Yes, very similar. Yeah. Um, and I also think that children sometimes go on and like choose to be monks. Like they're in sort of training for that. So like think about Eastern religion. Like that. That's that's similar. Yeah. I have no. Yeah, I, yeah. I I make no commentary on how that happens. Like in terms of free will or not. So like this is I'm merely talking about Jedi and some things that are similar. Um, but uh, so ultimately after experiencing loss. Uh, Anakin is pulled to the dark side with promises of the availability to resurrect loved ones and ultimately betrays everything he once valued because he's so attached to his loved ones and um, and ultimately accidentally slash on purpose slash accidentally uh, kills <laughs> kills some again spoilers his wife um, sort of like injures her um, so you got a little bit of a domestic violence sitch um but ultimately he marries in secret which is against the jedi code because they're supposed to be not necessarily celibate but they can't get married and he also has twins which you're not allowed to have kids under the jedi code so they're like warrior monks right um and so he has luke and leia so it's ultimately kind of jacked up because he has these he has these secret kids and secret 
We ultimately find out, despite his ominous presence, mass killing of Jedi younglings, among others, and a real hobby of force choking people, he is still able to be, quote unquote, the chosen one and bring balance to the force by <clears throat> killing the more evil Emperor Palatin. Palatin. Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> I'm going to leave all of these. Yes, yeah, do it. Yeah, all of them are in. Um, who is the brutal dictator of the galaxy. He only does this when he sees the Emperor torturing his son, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. So love, not power, is why he is the chosen one who brings balance by killing the mega Hitler of the universe. Yes, and by he we mean Anakin slash Darth Vader. Yeah, but he's like a low-key Hitler because he's also killing mass Jedi. Yeah, Okay. I mean, he t- he totally was. Gen- he's a genocidal maniac. Like at this point, he's Hitler Jr. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, like, yeah. So more like, more yeah. like a, more like a Palpatine is, like a Stalin. I'd say like Palpatine is Hitler, and like it's just uh, like numbers killed. He, like, and and like Vader is Himmler. You know, like it's he's a, he's a, like a high up underling. Got it. Got it. Who's just. He's doing the dirty work mm-hmm. that Hitler tells him to do. Word. So, yeah. Um, so we have themes of love and sacrifice. You know, Vader slash Sky- Anakin Skywalker dies, um, and he's redeemed in his choices at the end, which are very, I'd not argue just Christian, but more largely mythic and religious in their scope. Detractors of the most recent film, where we find out... <clears throat> If you have not seen the most recent film, don't get angry with me because you've had plenty of time to do it. Palpatine survived, okay? Um, the whole Vader killing him, throwing him down the shaft, um, and has been working in secret all this time to resurrect himself. Uh, Palpatine survived, and you might say, well, did Anakin really bring balance to the Force if Palpatine didn't die? And look, George Lucas said so, and he wrote it so tough. Like, look, George Lucas also said his favorite Star Wars character was Jar Jar Binks. So, like, we could argue all day and night about this. Um, But ultimately, he weakened Palpatine, whatever, whatever, and then Rey was around, and it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, And hilariously, uh, do you know what... Here's the thing. George Lucas wanted to call, like, wanted to do with the sequels, the episodes seven through nine. Did, did you know what he wanted? Like, but, so Disney, like, if if people are going to complain about Disney, like, they need to know what the alternative would have been. If Lucas had control over episodes seven through nine, what, what he would, like, just, just tell me what you think they would have been if Lucas had full control. I think it would be a story about Jar Jar Binks finding love. <laughs> And they find an unpopulated planet, mm-hmm. and they're like, you know what? We're just going to reside here. And it's a story of, you know, uh, triumph over harsh terrain and love. You know what? And familial love. That actually would have been better. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. That would have been better. What was it? Okay. So in a Mashable article entitled Hilariously, George Lucas's plan for the Star Wars sequels was WTF by Chris Taylor. There was this book, a companion book to uh, this AMC documentary series called 
James Cameron's story of science fiction. And Cameron interviews George Lucas. And Lucas said it was going to get into a microbiotic world and involve creatures called the wills, W-H-I-L-L-S, who, quote, feed off the force, end quote, and are, quote, controlling the universe, end quote. He goes on to say everyone would have hated it like Phantom Menace, but it would have been, quote, the whole story from beginning to end, end quote. So the next time you complain about either J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson's works in episode seven through nine, think the sweet, sweet baby Yoda that Lucas wasn't in charge to write that shit show, which would have been like watching a Titanic sequel from the sea urchin's point of view. (laughs) I'd watch that movie. Yeah, it would just be like... Like, it literally would have been a lot of, like, little tiny things feeding off the force and being like, ooh, ooh. I'm honestly imagining it being, like, um, the Titanic from, like, the Little Mermaid's point of view. You know what? I'd watch that. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Sign me up. Um, we also have a light versus dark, good versus evil thing going on with the Jedi, with the Jedi and the Sith. The Jedis are supposed to be moral, bound by a code, peacekeepers, although mm, this is pretty debatable if you watch how they use the clone army, and in general, good. The Siths are supposed to be selfish. When the apprentice overpowers the master, they are supposed to kill them and work to get more power. Very charming. So this is a very dualistic, reminds me of Zoroastrianism, which is a religion that predates Christianity and rose up in the Mideast. It brought forth the idea that there is a devil, which is kind of like a light versus dark, who, which then became absorbed, absorbed into other religions. Yeah, and I really liked the show, um, which you can see now on Disney Plus, uh, The Clone Wars. Um, it's animated, um, and it delves into issues with the Jedi Order. Are they peacekeepers or are they war warmongers and kind of puppets of? Palpatine with Emperor Palpatine without realizing it. You decide. Um, it's kind of nuanced um, and sort of goes more into how um, it's not just light versus dark, but there's kind of shades in between. But the maybe the best theme that I like in that show is, um, and also like radiating out throughout the rest of the series, is Chosen Family. Luke and Leia are adopted and they're loved and they ultimately find each other not knowing that they are siblings and that their dad is whoops Darth Vader um, and he's a real asshat. Uh, ultimately Han Solo and Chewbacca join in with C-3PO and R2-D2 and we have a full gang of friends who have been through some really intense trauma and who each have each other's backs. And this is also true for the whole Ray Finn Poe dynamic and company in the, the newest version, the sequels as well. The prequels has have less of a gang and a more of an uncomfortable romance that we're all forced to watch. So the prequels are kind of an outlier to this whole thing. But I do think that there is there is some real chosen family going on here and that's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. I like a chosen family. I mean, sorry, family. I'm not hating on y'all. I'm just saying I also like my chosen family. True that. Um, no matter what corners of the galaxy is traumatic or traumatic past, you're welcome in the rebellion. Or you're just now friends, right? I'm just your buds. I love that. Everybody can come together in their oh, journey but they're towards coming justice. To, but they're coming together um, to defeat another. And I feel like that's a special thing yeah. where, like, Hate like hating on somebody really brings people together. You know what's really interesting is that that is um, a lot of scholars about. So I'm uh, like like Scottish American by descent, 
And a lot of scholars believe really that the whole Scottish identity is because there was an other and that other was England. Like Scotland before um, the whole, you know, Robert the Bruce, William Wallace thing was just a bunch of different, you know, families, clans uh, who were just grouped in these you know, Scotland has some kind of harsh terrain, and so they were sort of all divided by terrain. But then they come together to fight this other, mm-hmm. and that's where they really get the, their Scottish identity. So I think there's a whole lot to be said for what you just said, Sarah. Yeah. So, so agree to agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a real bonding thing, though, to like have an other to fight against. Right. And so, like, uh, what does that mean for the like chosen family aspect of it? Would they have been friends if they hadn't come together for this cause? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Interesting. Anyways. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about George Lucas. Um, So let's go a little bit deeper in on that. You might be wondering what's going on with George Lucas. What's his religion that he came up with the Jedi? And I'm glad you asked, self. Uh, (laughs) According to the Star Wars fandom site, Wikipedia, which I totally think you should just take a gander at. Lucas was born and raised in a strongly Methodist family, but after he began um, putting religion uh, and religious imagery and themes into Star Wars, he eventually came to identify more with the Eastern religious philosophies he studied and incorporated into his movies, which were a major inspiration for The Force. And in a 2005 Chicago Tribune article titled Star Wars Parallels, found with world's major religions too many s's Mm -hmm. by jamie levy pesson lucas states that i put the force into the movie in order to try to awaken a certain kind of spirituality in younger people more a belief in god than a belief in a particular religious system not having enough interest in the mysteries of life to ask the question is there a god or is there not a god that is for me the worst thing that can happen The article goes on to state that themes of non-attachment and coming back to the present moment are part of Buddhist teaching. And according to a History Channel article entitled The Real History That Inspired Star Wars by Christopher Klein, Jedi were based on the Knights Templar and a 12-member council of elders headed by a grandmaster governed by both the Jedi and the Templars. And Jedi clothing even resembles the hooded white robes worn by the Christian warrior monks who took vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Much like the great Jedi purge ordered by Chancellor Palpatine in The Revenge of the Sith, or Episode 3, Uh, Francis King Philip IV annihilated the Knights Templar after arresting hundreds of them on October 13, 1307, and subsequently uh, tortured and executed them for heresy. But this is also a network that runs ancient aliens, so who knows? (laughs) Sarah, what tradition do you think the Jedi are most like? I mean... Probably the Knights Templar. That seems fun. That yeah. That seems fun. I know. Like, so I think the hard part is that we constantly, like in articles with um, George Lucas, we find that he is, he's constantly kind of revising his own story of how he came up with Star Wars. Like, mm-hmm. he he will say now that he had episodes one through nine totally mapped out, but people say in the beginning that that absolutely wasn't the case. Yeah. That he only had, like, a rough idea of really episode four and like he did not know that um darth vader was luke skywalker's dad even when he wrote the first one which says to me that he did not have anything but now he's like revising the whole thing and being like no i totally knew i totally knew what i was gonna do yeah 
That sounds like uh, that sounds like a lot of uh, major players of um, that become famous in a religious kind of way. Yeah, that they're like, oh yeah, I knew this and that, and yeah. But and and like I think that gets us to kind of where we're going with this. Like, what is what does this have to do with like popular religious culture? I mean, I think it's fairly well known that Jediism is a thing that people like it. Um, they have a tax exempt tax exempt status according to the IRS, and there are a lot of uh, Jedi temples, and you can be an apprentice, master, or just a follower. The Temple of the Jedi Order is located in Chicago and has a website that actually has sermons and resources on it, um, which I think is kind of crazy, but also makes sense, um, especially in this kind of modern day context of uh, a lot of disillusionment with uh, traditional religious ideology and wanting to wanting to be able to like express yourself without being hemmed in by these traditional norms that don't really like uh, apply to anyone anymore yeah and um and this has like a nostalgic element to it as well as like it has like a a way more um adventurous kind of exciting element to it than like thus saith the lord no, I totally, I totally understand. Like, I agree a hundred percent. Like, I think it is a, a much more sort of like modern savvy take on stuff, and also it kind of distills a whole lot of, um, I don't know, the sort of generic beliefs into a more uh, easily palpable and like, mm, you can really come from whatever background and find identity within what they're saying who is the godhood in jediism yeah that doesn't exist mm-hmm. like it's just kind of like me well it gets a little bit deeper into that if you do the clone wars but that we're going to get into the weeds on that like it's ultimately like let's just call it the force right um like the cosmic there is it, it's it gets a little bit more buddhist as you go because there's the concept of like a cosmic force and then like a force personified in a person and like which is a little bit more buddhist but mm-hmm. um I don't know. Like, I don't really have an issue with Judaism as a religion. Um, they seem to think that this came from George Lucas and they don't think he's a god, which is fine. cool. Fine. They know that. We we know that. Um, That's what that differentiates it from a cult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, they're not like we will follow him. Uh, <laughs> they also seem to think that uh, you can be whatever you want, like a Christian, Muslim, Jewish, atheist, like whatever. Um, and also be a Jedi, which is similar to how Buddhists are. Like, they coexist and are very symbiotic. Um, that since you can be a Buddhist Christian, you can be a Buddhist Muslim or a B- Buddhist Jew. Like, it's more about the practice than it is about the having the right theology. Um, if they worshipped Lucas, if they said he was a god, I'd probably make fun of it because, you know, again, Jar Jar. You cannot be a god and come up with Jar Jar Binks. Um, But they seem to separate all that out and just really like the Jedi Code, which I respect that. You know what? That's okay. The Jedi Code is, you know, on par with a whole lot of religious codes. Um, It just takes cosplaying to the next level to me. (laughs) Like, you know, should it get tax-exempt status? I don't know. Should religions be tax-exempted anyway? I don't know. Like, these are... we're No. That's... I, I have some issues with that. They should not be exempt. Yeah. I they mean, I, I have some issues with that. 
Yeah. I mean, it, you know, uh, we might have throws to like this on future episodes, but a lot of people kind of talk about how in terms of separation of church and state, that's kind of a hangover from whenever church and state were merged. The whole concept of them getting a tax exempt status. Right. Well, and like, I mean, we'll we'll dig into this deeper on actually our next episode, but there are plenty of churches out there that are um, really, really taking advantage of the system and are offering of, you know, I don't indulgences, essentially. Yeah. And (laughs) not. Yeah. Like basically modern day indulgences and also um, getting, you know, there's this whole if you violate like if you violate the whole um political you can't you can't be um partisan basically and be get a tax exempt status so once you start actually endorsing people for president or any sort of office but people are really smart about getting around that and i am i don't feel good about it so you know what jediism you do you um keep keep doing your thing um i i feel like um in general, I think where I land with it is that Jediism is kind of just a very o- overarching, could identify with just about any religion out there. Um, and that's what makes it pretty good at overlapping with a whole lot of them. And the more time goes by, the more lore gets added to it, just like any religion um, or any mythology. And so it just keeps getting added to it. And hey, isn't that the story of humanity? Well, yeah. And like... Um... In one of the articles I read uh, about about like religion and and Jediism, um, this guy John Lydon Lydon mm-hmm. um, talks about how the fans actually took over um, some of the movies that they didn't like, and they um, submitted like all these different kinds of new clips, like 15 second clips that then somebody stitched together to make a, a whole new version of, uh, hold on, you're gonna hear paper rustle now. Rustling paper Rustling sounds, it's exciting. Um, called, yeah, it's called Star Wars A New Hope and it's uh, their own designs of scenes from Star Wars A New Hope, oh sorry. It's, it's been called Star Wars Uncut, and it's a film made via crowdsourcing on the internet that allows for hundreds of contributors to design their own version of scenes from Star Wars A New Hope, um, episode four. And um, it's super cool. I mean, like, I haven't seen it, but it seems like a super cool idea, right? So instead of, like, instead of fans having to acquiesce to a specific uh, ideology that Lucas puts forth, they take it and they make it their own which I like that communal aspect of it way more than this sort of like top down, you know? I agree. It's very democratic. Yeah. You, you take it and you run with it. That's kind of fun about pop culture, right? Um, well, and like also I think that as pop culture becomes more global and people are talking to one another more and things like that, like we're starting to realize that overarching ideolo- ideologies are so are like only exists in the in your own bubble right Mm -hmm. and absolutely and so then they become as you learn more about them they become more meaningless and so it it fosters better like more creativity and more interest in like what other people are doing just keep having your mind blown by other people's experiences and creativity it's only going to lead to like i don't know better understanding and like opening your your eyes more 
cool shit. Open them eyeballs. Yeah. It's going to lead to more cool shit. (laughs) Cool shit. I love that. Okay. So I do. We bagged on George Lucas quite a bit. But again, he wrote the original stuff. And so I would like to give him the last word. If that's cool with you, Sarah. Of course. Okay. So here's a quote by George Lucas. Um, Again, uh, John Lydon um, talks about uh, him a lot and his role of like sort of repurposing mythology in his article, The Apocalyptic Cosmology of Star Wars. It's pretty good. Overall, a really good article. Um, But he quotes George Lucas saying, heroes come in all sizes and you don't have to be a giant hero. You can be a very small hero. It's just as important to do It's just as important to understand that accepting self-responsibility for all the things you do, having good manners, caring about other people, these are heroic acts. Everybody has the choice of being a hero or not being a hero every day of their lives. You don't have to get into a giant laser sword fight and blow up three spaceships to become a hero. You're my hero, Sarah. Yeah, but you've already stipulated that to maintain my heroship status, I do need to blow up. A number of spaceships. <laughs> Get on it, Cheryl. I am way behind on that. Get on it. <laughs> um, um, I'm excited to hear from y'all. What is your pa- favorite episode of Star Wars? What uh, what really moved you in the whole Star Wars canon? Um, at us, at Bible Bitches on Twitter. Um, you can find us on our Facebook page, uh, Bible Bitches. Um, and don't forget to... Um, Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Yeah, and a huge thanks to Engaged Gaze with a Z um, for hosting our podcast. And, of course, at Aaron Doodles, uh, who you guys might remember from our like little teaser episode on D&D. Uh, it's Aaron Smith. He does our artwork, and we love him. And also Yo Eves, who uh, allows us to use her music for our intro and outro, and we fucking love her. Um, she's amazing. And... Um, We love you, and we are going to see you again in a couple weeks. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.